0: Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. We're going to be concluding the foundation series um, this morning. I've invited Rachel to come and bring the Word today. So come on, let's put our hands together and welcome Rachel as she brings the Word of God. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor John. It's such an honour to bring the Word. So good to be here with you all. I love you, Colin and Judy. I love the life that you bring. Wasn't that a powerful prayer? Oh, I love you all. You're all incredible. Kate, you're amazing. Thank you for the strength you bring to our board and our church. Rumi, you're amazing. Amen. You're Each one of you, you're incredible. Matt and Vanessa, you're a blessing to our church. Amen. God's got more for you. He's yeah. more for you. He's got more purpose lined up for you guys. Are you ready to receive the word? Yes. And um, I'm praying that this word will always come straight from God's heart through my heart to yours. So can I pray for you? Will you put your hand on your heart? Jesus, we thank you that your word is living and powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word does what nothing else can. It brings, separates um, our hearts and our emotions from what is truth. So Lord, I pray that you bring clarity to our hearts. Speak to us, change us, enlighten us, draw us closer to you. May we go out of here changed and knowing what we need to do to live fulfilled, lives in jesus name jesus name stay standing for a moment we always stand in honor of the word we're continuing as pastor john says with our series foundations and it comes from the scripture matthew seven twenty four. whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them i will liken him to a wise man or woman you're all very wise who built their house on a rock the outcomes of your life are determined by the foundations that they are built on. And building the right foundations in our lives should cause us to be the most fulfilled people on the planet. Yes. So a key text of mine to read before we sit down today is Romans 11, you can look these up when you sit down. Romans 11:36 36 in the Passion paraphrase, for out of him, the sustainer of everything, Came everything. And now everything, okay, that's three everythings. Do you think you've got that? That's everything finds fulfillment in Him. Amen. May all praise and honor be given to Him forever. You can take your seats, wonderful people. Welcome if you're new and visiting. I pray that this message. We'll encourage you and speak to you. We can talk up here motivational things and we can talk um, ideas, we can talk about experiences. I'll share my heart with you, some stories, but it's only the word of God, the Bible, that can bring lasting change. So whether you're new or whether you've been coming for many years, this is for you. Are you ready? How fulfilled are you? How fulfilled are you? I've asked this question to a lot of people over the past few weeks. And, I get mixed responses. Most are saying, oh, I'm pretty fulfilled. I would like this and this and this to happen. Or I spoke to someone last week, one of our leaders that was just in tears and saying, I feel so unfulfilled. Because she's believing for a promise to be outworked in her life. And I've recognized that when I speak to people, the gap between the what's now and being fulfilled is often two things. It's the fulfillment of a promise, something you're believing for, or it's the fulfillment of purpose, to to fulfill your potential. I believe that it's God's heart cry, His heart cry for us to live fulfilled life is there anything that makes me cry you know it can be a sign of your calling it gets me out it's when i see someone that's unfulfilled i just want to help that's god's help god's heart for you to live a fulfilled they're the most confident attractive people around. In fact, when we live fulfilled lives, some of you young ones sitting there, you might think, oh, fulfillment comes later in life. It can actually come now. You can live a fulfilled, happy, contagious life. It's attractive. Other friends and people around will wanna know, what is it about them? In fact, um, an old father of the, of the faith, said the glory of God is a man or woman fully alive. And if we are to display His glory throughout the world, we need to be fully fulfilled to be fully alive. When I turned 50, I, I felt an excitement about this decade. And right, some people are thinking like, oh, I'm getting old, whatever. Um, and whatever. <laughs> and. I won't say any names, I just looked. <laughs> but, but I felt an excitement. And I remember talking to my friends, Christine and, and Sharon Hollinger. I mean, she, she, we were saying, this is going to be the most fulfilled decade. And we were talking about fulfillment. And then, you know, we started declaring it over our lives because what you speak happens. And, and then life gets busy and there's been COVID the last two, two years. And at the start of the year, I was reminded again, I was sat in my living room One dark morning at the start of the year, turned my little lamp on, opened my Bible, and the scripture, I think we've got a little picture just to put you in the picture of where I was. Luke 1.45 is the scripture I read that day. Come to my living room with me. Is my living room there? There it is. My Bible in a year. It said, blessed is she, or he, who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. That's a scripture for some of you that you need to hold to. It's okay, I can give it to you, it can be yours. It's my word for this year. My word for this year is fulfillment. But I felt strongly that this was gonna be a word for many of you. In fact, for all of you, that you're gonna have a year of fulfillment. I believe over, over our church, our beloved soul church, that we're gonna see as Pastor John has been declaring vision and will do next weekend, there's gonna be a fulfillment of what's in his heart, but there's gonna be a fulfillment of what's in your hearts individually. And I believe that God is not finished yet. Amen. And His will is for us to live fully fulfilled lives. Amen. Over the past two years, there's been delays, hasn't there? There's been doubts, there's been, there's been disappointments, there's been um, loss, but God is gonna bring a sense of fulfillment Amen. in Jesus' name. The message title is Foundations of a Fulfilled Life. Amen. Who's ready to live a fulfilled life? Are you ready to take notes? Nudge someone beside you and say, hey, how fulfilled you are. Do you want to be more fulfilled? Nudge someone ready to take notes, a fulfilled life. Welcome online. Those of you that are watching with us, this is a time for you to be fulfilled in your living room, wherever you're watching, or after this moment, this is a word for you today. Imagine you, um, in fact, let's first of all, what's the dictionary definition of fulfillment? It actually says, I looked in a few dictionaries and summed it up. It means to feel happy, satisfied about life feeling that your abilities and talents are being fully used to achieve or to realize something desired or promised or prophesied, hello, to achieve one's full potential, to bring to an end or complete a period of time. Now listen, online, in the room, imagine you are 95. There might be a 95 year old in here and you don't need to imagine, but imagine you're 95 and you're looking back over your life. What would it take for you to sit on your bed, lie on your bed that day, think, I had a fulfilled life. What are the dreams and the purposes in your heart, the promises that you would love to see fulfilled? What are those things that are most important to you? Because there's an old person inside you right now counting on you to work towards fulfilling those dreams and purposes while you still can, and while He can. I mentioned this to my daughter, Mercy, the other day. What, what do you think fulfilled means, to be, to be fulfilled? And she actually thought about it and she said, you know what, you can have someone that's really poor and down and out, but they're fulfilled. And then you can have someone that's, got, that's fame, you know, famous and, and, and got all the riches and doing well with success in the world's term, but they're completely unfulfilled. And so what does fulfillment mean? My observations of a highly fulfilled person, I've I've got this from gleaning from watching, observing others, but what some psychologists say, and there's 10 of them and we're popping them up on the screen so you can see them all together. First of all, people who are highly fulfilled do what they love on a regular basis. They're intentional with their time. They prioritize their goals and dreams. They eat healthy, they exercise regularly, they look after themselves. They have an attitude of gratitude and choose joy and choose to enjoy every day. They treat themselves with kindness and they have a healthy self-identity. They regularly take time out to enjoy life and add adventure. They are purpose-driven and make a difference in the lives of others. They foster meaningful relationships and put family first and are quick to forgive. They live with integrity and without regret. Number 10, they recognize what they cannot change and are committed to lifelong learning. I'm sure we'd all say, we do all of those. And I, I do try to do all of those and live all of those, but there are times when we fail in any one of those areas. Like when the dream and the goal you had doesn't come to pass and you're disappointed. Like when you find it hard to forgive when a relationship goes wrong when you have health challenges and it leads to those sleepless nights and anxiety, when you, when you put yourself down and you talk to yourself worse than you would a best friend. You may be sitting here today feeling totally unfulfilled because of pain and, and disappointment that's happened to you, or maybe you settled at a certain level of fulfillment and you think, that's my lot. Or maybe you haven't given it too much thought. So what does God's word say about being fulfilled. John ten, ten, and we quote this often. In the Amplified it says, the thief comes only in order to steal to kill and destroy, but I have come, Jesus said, that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. He wants us to live full, filled lives. The scripture is actually jam-packed full when I look through of the word fulfilled and fulfillment. And I'm gonna pop some of them up on the screen so you can see a pattern, a thread woven through God's Word that He is a God of fulfillment. He promises per promise fulfilled, purpose fulfilled, petitions, our prayer requests fulfilled, joy fulfilled, scripture fulfilled, his word fulfilled, longings fulfilled, prophecy fulfilled, covenant fulfilled, destiny fulfilled, desires fulfilled, plans fulfilled, work fulfilled calling fulfilled, assignment fulfilled, petitions fulfilled, I have got that twice, you must need needed to hear that. And in Jesus fulfilled, He wants us to live these God-given fulfilled lives so we can be fully alive and declare His glory. Now if I were to scoop up all these verses and divide them into three main foundations of fulfillment, they would be this, are you ready? Nudge someone again, say, are you ready? Take notes, are you ready? This can change your life. Foundations for your 22. First of all, they all start with P's, easy to remember. The first one is the purpose. The purpose, trust God to fulfill His purpose in your life. Psalm 20 verse four says, may He grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. I remember 10 years ago being on holiday in Noosa on the Sunshine Coast, Steve and I and the family were there and we were pastoring in Brisbane at the time and we were away for a couple of days break and I remember getting up early and I was sitting on the balcony and I was writing down, I was having my soul time, I've always been one to write down goals and dreams and what I felt God was showing me and I was writing them down and I remember being all excited, because it was the start of the year, it was January. So it's a bit opposite to here. We're freezing cold and dark in January. There is the middle of their summer. So I was feeling all excited and optimistic. Is anyone else excited for their year? Come on. Regardless of the winter, we've got expectation. I wrote all these things down, and I showed them to Steve, thinking he'll be all excited with me. Yeah, we're gonna go for that, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do that. And he was like, Rach, are these all your desires, or are they God's desires? I'm like, ouch, harsh. That's harsh, wasn't it? And, so, and he keeps us on, we, we keep each other on track, it's good. And I remember leaving to go for a walk. I was walking along the national park in Nyssa in nice at the time, having my walk and pray as I do every day. I think we might have a couple of um, pictures again. I was walking and I was saying, God, you know my heart. You know that I want to be able to please you in everything and my desire is to serve you and I believe you've put um, goals and plans in our lives and Lord, I surrender to you. I want it to be yours. I don't want it to be mine And, and Lord, I let go of everything and I give it to you and I remember afterwards going to a cafe overlooking the beach I'm just making you feel nice and warm. And, and we, we, I, I sat in this cafe and got my Bible out and I was just at the top there underneath those palms and I, I opened the Bible and my scripture, okay, it's distracting us now, let's take that picture off. It will happen one day people, we will be in the sun again. And I opened up the Bible and I was reading the Bible in a year from the New Living Translation and my scripture that day was from Psalms and it said, may he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your requests, your purpose. At that moment, I got a little bit emotional. I thought, God, it's, it's my heart's desire? You wanna fulfill my purpose? And I felt God speak to me, Rach, when you're in close walk with me and you're in love with me, your desires will be my desires and my desires will be your desires. And I went back home to Steve and I said, guess what? God spoke to me and I opened up the scripture and showed him and we agreed together that God would fulfill those desires and plans and we prayed over it and I still got that journal. And I look back over this past 10 years to see how faithful God has been. And much of that has been fulfilled, his purpose fulfilled. We have become his poetry. In Ephesians 2.10, recreated people that will fulfill his destiny. It's given to each one of us. We are joined to Jesus, the anointed one, even before you were born. We sang that beautiful song in my mother's womb. You have chosen me. And God planned in advance our destiny. He planned our good works that we would fulfill it. God's uniquely created each one of you with a personality, with dreams, with experience, with everything, the good and the bad and the ugly that's led up to now. It's all part of what you can say yes to God and give to Him to make a difference in the lives of those around you. Leo Bascaldio said, your talent is God's gift to you, but what you do with it is your gift to God. This has always been my rock-solid foundation of calling, calling and purpose. The dreams in your heart outweigh saying yes to God. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, "He saved us, he's called us. We're not only saved, he's, 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 he's called us. For the holy calling, not according to our works and how good we are, but according to his purpose and his grace that was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. His grace will always enable us to live with purpose. And I love that his calling is, is twofold. He calls us to himself. The moment where we say yes to Jesus and salvation and becoming a Christian, and then secondly, it's outworking that call. What am I gonna do with what you put in my heart, Lord Jesus? And it's essential that the primary calling leads to that secondary calling, and it's essential that this always comes first, that the love for God is outworked in our purpose. In that scripture, it was Paul actually on death row in prison, he's writing this to young Timothy, who's pastoring the church in Ephesus at the time, and he's saying, in Rome at the time, and he's saying to him, you need to stir up the gift that's within. You know, we quote this scripture often. You know, the, the church was under huge persecution under Nero. And, and instead of saying, oh, he's gonna keep you safe and you need to do this, he's saying, stir up the, g- the gift, the calling. In in 2 Timothy one six, I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Sometimes we hold back. Back from our purpose. I spoke to a young adult a couple of weeks ago, and she says, Rach, I don't know if I wanna know the call of God and purpose for my life, because it means I'll have to do it. And that's scary. But his calling, actually, the love that he gives us instead of a spirit of fear enables us to walk in confidence and actually disperses fear. And it's what was, you know, if the enemy can't get to you personally, he'll attack your purpose. He'll make you take your foot off the throttle He'll make you lower the bar and just settle. We're not a church that settles. We are a church that's moving forward in the purposes of God, and that requires us at each season of our lives, whether we're in our teens, or our 20s, or our 30s, or our 40s, as we heard J. John last week, whatever day of our lives we are at, a stage, whether we're in our 70s, there's still purpose. And there's more that God has for you. I love a quote, a book that I read, uh, um, Cecilia Muskan, she said, God invites us to live at the intersection of his call and our willingness to act on that invitation. Oh God, may we be willing. I remember when God first called us to move to Australia, it was the toughest thing in the world because, I mean, you see those pictures on the screen, you think, Rachel, that's not a tough gig. That's easy. That's like God saying, okay, let's build a church in Hawaii. No, it wasn't like that at the time. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know anyone, but we knew we need to go to study and Bible college and we knew that God was gonna open doors and that, that we wanted to learn how to build a strong church church, we knew in our lives that we were called to build God's church across the earth. And so, God said to us very clearly from Genesis chapter 12, now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family from your Father's house and to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing." And we took that because we knew it was God sending us out to fulfill His purpose. Many times in the Bible He moves people or does something new in order to fulfill His purpose. And the greatest thing in our lives has always been following his call. We said that when we first got married. We've taught it to our kids. The call of God comes first. But you know what? When the practicalities of of finance, we didn't know what our finance, we didn't have a job, we didn't, I was leaving parents, I was leaving people and friends I'd grown up with, I was leaving a church that I loved and I felt confused. And I remember standing outside in Drayton Beside the church we were in at the time, we lived right beside the church. One summer night, it was a cloudy sky and I could hear the youth next door. It was a Friday night or whatever night they had youth back then. And they were all singing that incredible song. I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned. You Remember that one? In awe of the one who gave it all. I'll stand, my soul, Lord, to you surrender. All I am is yours. And I remember at that moment, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. God, I surrender. The emotions get in the way. How many emotions get in the way? Sometimes they can get in the way of our purpose. And I surrendered it to God. And I came in and I, said, I just had this assurance that God was going to clear the way and make it okay. Amen. You need a promise yes. when you're stepping out in purpose. Yes. For some of you, it might be to study, for some it might be to be, write, a, write a book, it might be to start a group, it might be to start serving in church, it might, it might be to preach, it might be whatever it might be, God is stirring it up in you, but there needs a promise. And number two, first one, purpose. The second foundation of a fulfilled life is the promise. Believe for the fulfillment of God's promise for your life. When you're struggling and you're disappointed, and I spoke to a a lady after church in the last service and she has been believing for her son to come back to God. And I joined hands and prayed with her. Some of you have been believing for loved ones to come to know Jesus and you've had a promise. It's not yet been fulfilled. I wanna encourage you that God is faithful to his promise. Amen. In that story of Genesis, we move on to chapter 15, verse one. It says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. Do not be afraid, he's saying to you, I am your shield. I am your exceeding, very great reward. Abraham kind of responds, if you read the story, with God, you, you, I, I moved, I did what you told me, um, and you said we were going to have offspring, and you were going to make me a great nation, but I'm old, I'm 99, and my wife Sarah is 90, and it doesn't look like we're going to have kids anytime soon. She's been barren all of these years, and he, he seems to be so impossible, he's discouraged, and he's looking at that God-can't box. God, you can't. Remember when Pastor John spoke about this? And so what does God do? He takes him outside. And in verse six, verse five, he brought him outside and said, look up. J. John spoke about that last week. Look up. Look up at the sky. Count those stars, if you can count them. There There was millions. And he said, so shall your offspring be you know we're all descendants of Abraham that's when the nation of Israel was formed and you've heard the song father Abraham had many sons I am one of them and so and so look up look up and go from that God can't to God can because God can but we sometimes think in our finite minds that he can't and it says verse 6 Abraham believed God and God credited it to him as righteousness. I love in Hebrews six. It says Abraham waited patiently in faith, and he succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. God is a God that fulfills promise. How did how did he wait patiently? How, what was it in him that that? was able to be fully convinced. There's a scripture further down in in Romans 4, verse 16. I'm I'm skipping ahead, Have you've got that on the screen. It says, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and he was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. I read that and I think, yes, I'm gonna be strengthened in faith, I'm gonna be fully convinced, I'm gonna give glory to God. But, but, but I think, how did he have that conviction? And I read the story closely, and in, in Genesis 15, you can look at the scriptures yourself um, afterwards, but it says something very interesting happens. And you can read it in verse nine to 12. God enters a covenant with Abraham now some of you are new to this world word covenant and new to the bible it was a covenant in the ancient world was the highest form of relationship and the two were bound together it, it demonstrated great loyalty and commitment and so God enters into this covenant with Abraham, and what he does—I mean, if you think covenants, the Native Americans would often um, mingle their blood together to become these blood brothers covenant. What, and what God did to prove to Abraham that He was going to be with him, He did this: what they would often do um, with a with a master and a and a servant, or with someone that needed to come together to make covenant, they would they would sacrifice bulls and goats, and they would separate them in half. Excuse the, the gore online; it's okay if you're having your breakfast or you're having your lunch. And separate it out, and then the person that was um, having to make the covenant too, he would walk through, and by saying that, walking through, the servant would be saying, "I'm committed to you, and I will not go back on my promise and my word. But if I do, I'll become like these slain and be torn apart." It was binding. what God is saying here, never would a a king uh, have a covenant with a lowly farmer, but God Almighty steps in and he doesn't make Abraham walk through that as someone of lower standing would, but God Almighty himself walks through this covenant and he's saying to Abraham, I will keep my promise. Even if you don't, Abraham, I will keep my promise and I will be torn like this. I will fulfill my word. I am faithful to complete that which I have started. This is not, come on, let's give glory to God. This is not a a pinky promise, a human promise. Uh, Oh, maybe, maybe, you know, I'll, 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 I'll give you a promise if you give me one. This is sure, this is rock solid. This is sealed in blood. This cannot be changed. And you know what I love about this? Because God Almighty sent His Son, Jesus, to make that covenant with us. He not only made that covenant and His body was broken for us to uh, have salvation, but He made that covenant for us to know wholeness and well-being and to live fulfilled lives that give glory to God through the blood of His Son. It's set in blood. It's irreversible. It's binding. It does not change. God's promises over you are steadfast. In Romans 8, 32, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things. He's a God that keeps His promise. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps His covenant and mercy for a thousand generations to those who love Him and those who keep His commandments. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Let your soul take courage. What God has promised, He is faithful to complete. Going back to that moment where I came in from the house that night, God gave me a promise, the Abraham promise. He also took me to the story in Genesis of Joseph and he left his father's house and he had dreams in his heart. But God one day fulfilled those dreams and the family again came together. That was my biggest wrench was leaving family. And the family, came together and God turned it all around. I remember another promise from Matthew, whoever has left mothers, fathers, daughters, houses, land for my sake or the gospel will be repaid and will be, and I hung on to these promises over those years. You know what, God has brought them to pass and three and a half years ago we moved back here and seven years ago my dad hands on the church to pastors John and Chantel. They also stepped out to learn and God brought them back and I can honestly say I'm the most fulfilled I've ever been and that we're working with people that we love, doing what we love for the one we love and God is a God that fulfills promises, He fulfills purpose and there's 7,000 of them in the Bible. You, you just get them and you write them out. God can supply all your need. Your children will be taught of the Lord. Great will be their peace. Get those promises, stand on them. So number one, the purpose. Number two, the promise. Number three, the person. The ultimate fulfillment for your life is found in the person of Jesus Christ you must have seen this whole thing is pointing to him 2 corinthians 1 all the promises find their yes all god's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him and as his yes and our amen ascend to god we bring him glory so he's saying yes because of what he accomplished on the cross right And he doesn't go back on his word, he cannot lie. And we are saying amen, that's we agree with your word, God. We are standing on your word. We're joining together with others to agree on your word. We're lifting our level of expectation. We're not settling. We combine those together and it outworks the promise of God for our lives. I don't know about you, but if you gave a percentage as to how fulfilled you are right now, I wonder what it would be. I walked with a lovely friend of mine, Lydia, this week. She's a leader in our church and she's uh, uh, running Alpha at the minute. And I said to her, Lydia, how, how fulfilled are you? And she said, oh, about 80, 85%. Rachel, I really want to be married. And I've got some big dreams. I want God to use me. I, and and I, I want to see this. And then I didn't really have a t- chance to say anything because as soon as she said it, she said, Actually, you know what? And we stopped in our tracks. Rach, you've just, that's the pennies drop. She says, if God never fulfilled my promise, never answered another prayer, never fulfilled those dreams that are in my heart, I'm already fulfilled in him. And it touched my heart. And I remember going back home and... I got into my living room with a picture you showed at the beginning, my time with God, my chair, and I was thinking about this message. And I was reminded of that scripture, Romans eight, twenty-eight, that we often quote in the in the passionate you know, convinced every detail of our lives. And God knows every detail of your life. Every hope, every dream, every doubt, every fear, every complication, every detail of your life is continually woven together for good because we are his lovers online. He loves you. He's called you according to his purpose. We are his lovers. We have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. When we love him, we will fulfill purpose. Love him first. Like when Abraham was called and God said, I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. Before he gave him the promise and the purpose, it's like I Am enough. I am your reward. I've got your back. I am your fulfillment. Isaiah 41 8 said, Abraham was a friend of God. Oh, oh, to be known as a friend of God. I'm, I'm desperate for you to draw close to Jesus with all the trappings of modern society and the busyness of our world and all the things that hold our attention, we can sometimes lose the passion of it just being about Jesus. I had a revelation of that again this week. And I was thinking about, I'm so passionate about seeing promises fulfilled. I'm so passionate about purpose fulfilled and I've got dreams and desires. And I'm so passionate about helping everyone else fulfill purpose and promise. But I fell to my knees, and I, I felt Jesus say, I am your complete fulfillment, Rach. I am all that you need. And I said, Jesus, if you never fulfilled another promise, if you never allowed me to fulfill what's on my life, you're enough. And I was reminded of this old hymn, by Thoreau Harris that we used to sing many years ago. My Uncle Alan might have played it. Oh, what thrills my soul is, Jesus. And I started to read these words. Who can cheer the heart like Jesus? By his presence, all divine. True and tender, pure and precious. oh how blessed to call him mine. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me. And the fairest of 10,000 in my blessed Lord I see. The next three verses. Love of Christ so freely given. Grace of God beyond degree. Mercy higher than the heaven. Deeper than the deepest sea. Every need His hand supplying. Every good in Him I see. Oh, His strength divine I'm relying. He is all in all to me. And one day by the crystal sea in heaven, that flowing river with the ransomed I will sing. And I'll forever and forever praise and glorify my King. Oh, what thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me. He's the fairest of 10,000. And I fell on my knees and I said, Jesus, you know how much I love purpose. You know how much that I have dreams. You know how much, but God, I lay it all down because it's all fulfilled in you, Jesus. And I remember the song we used to sing, the greatest thing in all my life is loving you. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. You know what I realized? It comes full circle. When the greatest thing in all our lives is knowing him, And knowing that we're close to Him, you want to fulfill purpose. You want to help others. You want to lead others. You want to love others. And then God's promises start to get fulfilled over your life because He wants to help you fulfill purpose. And then you come back on your knees to the person again, the person that is Jesus, the person who is the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us and comes alongside and strengthens us and is our counselor and is our guide and our hope and our advocate. And so in closing, I wanna pray for you. So remember those three Ps, his purpose, foundation for your fulfilled life this year, fulfilled purpose. Secondly, he wants to fulfill his promise that you've been waiting on. And thirdly, come closer to the person of Jesus. Can we stand together? Cause I wanna pray for you. And I believe God is speaking to hearts. And first of all, I wanna speak to those of you that are needing to fulfill purpose, the purpose of God. And some of you need to stir up the gift that is within. Stir up the gift that is within you. Some of you are so gifted, and you think I've got more that I need to say yes to God for. Some of you are later in life, and you think I need to stir that up again. I've got more to give. Nina, I saw you earlier and your, your husband there, Ren- Renee. God has got more for you. Stir up, keep stirring up the gift that is within you, and those promises will come to pass. That which is concerning you, He's got you. Stand on His word. He is faithful to complete what He started. God loves faithfulness. So who needs to stir up the gift that's within? Go on, put your hand up. You've got gifts that within, you've got more and you need to say yes, yes to Jesus. God, I pray right now that every hand that's raised, that you would stir up that gift of purpose when they had an encounter with you, when someone prophesied over them. Maybe it was a youth camp many, many years ago. Maybe it was something that someone said. Maybe it's a dream in the heart. Maybe it's a desire. Maybe it's what they do best, but they've just knocked confidence so God, I pray that you would help them to stir up those gifts and those dreams and that you will be with them. You will speak through them. You will love through them. You will open doors that no man can shut. I want you to say out loud, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And secondly, those of you that are believing for promise fulfilled, like the lady that's believing for her son to come back to Jesus. It might be financial. It might be a promise over your family. It might be a promise that you've had, or maybe you haven't had it, you've thought about it and you're like, I'm gonna get a promise because there's something that I'm believing God for. And like Abraham, it looks like it's impossible, naturally. God is the God of the impossible. I want you to raise your hand. Come on. You you can raise it again. You can double dip if you want. Purpose and promise. Come on. You're believing for a promise. I want you to think specifically, what is that promise? In Jesus' name, we declare your promises are yes and amen. We combine your yes with our amen. And we thank you. It's going to be to the glory of God. I believe for breakthrough. I believe for miracles. You will in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing together. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, you are. You're the most precious child of God. And I want to extend an invitation. These closing moments of our service for those that can't say or sing that with absolute conviction. I am a child of God. Because you are. But it requires a response from us to say, yes, I want you to be my father. Yes, I want to follow you. Yes, there's been stuff gone on in my past, but I wanna say yes to you, Jesus. You might have come for the first time. You might have come back after a while. You might be with a friend. Yeah, I think there are, there are people, I believe there are people in here you've had a lot going on in life and there's been confusion. God wants to bring peace and clarity. In fact, He wants to give you forgiveness. He wants to wipe the slate clean. He wants to give you meaning and purpose and fulfillment. He wants to give you hope for the future, in fact, eternal life. And it comes simply by saying yes to Jesus, the one who paid the ultimate price to make covenant with you. He, he wants to have commitment to you and said it's not about how good you are and your promise because we'll let him down but he said I will never leave you I will stay with you I'll make my promise to you I love you with a never-ending love can I ask that every head be bowed and every eye closed and if that's you whether you're here with a friend or you're a young person whether you're older whether you're a couple together whether you're a student whoever you are right now This is time to say yes to Jesus. And if you're watching online, you'll know that I'm speaking to you right now because your heart is beating a little bit faster and you say, yes, that was for me. I need to be a friend of God. I wanna know what it is to have that closeness, Rach, that you just talked about. I wanna experience that closeness. Maybe you've walked away from God and you've you've, you've got distracted and, and discouraged. And today he's saying, come back, come back. Come back, you who are weary heavy downcast I'll give you rest I'll give you peace and I want to know who I'm speaking to after three I want you to shoot your hand up while no one else is looking we're going to pray this simple but significant prayer together in Jesus name after three it's your day, it's your time, it's your decision at the start of 2022 for a life of fulfilment following Jesus Christ first after three for the first time or if you're coming back one, two three, that's it all across this room thank you, thank you, thank you thank you anyone else there thank you keep shooting your hand up thank you thank you at the back i see you see your hand they're clapping because all of heaven is actually clapping and and celebrating that you've made that choice to put jesus first so can we pray this prayer together that's going to go up on the screen um just to give you real clarity look up at the screen and we'll say it together this prayer of inviting jesus in dear lord jesus Thank You for dying for me to forgive me of all my sins and my failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and live for You. Amen, amen. You're a child of God, you're a child of God. So many of you have responded and said yes to Jesus. We'd love to give you a Bible on your way out. Make sure our team will be looking. If you prayed the prayer, if you raised your hand, if you meant it in your heart, just say, I'd love one of those Bibles, even if you already have one, to really commemorate the day. And then we'd love to get a de- contact detail to stay in touch with you and encourage you on this journey and your relationship with God. You are much loved. Have the most fulfilled year ahead.